This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 170. This week, Ellie chats to Vicky Benison, founder of Pasta Grannies, a YouTube channel that showcases Italian nonnas and their traditional recipes. They talk about the different types of pasta in each region, what you need to make the perfect dish, and what we can all learn from a nonna's cooking. So I'm here with Vicky, and Vicky's the creator of Pasta Granny's uh, YouTube channel, which basically showcases Italian grandmothers and the recipes they've been cooking all their lives. Yeah. And the reason they're doing it is because they love it rather yeah. than for a living. So Vicky, why did you start Pasta Granny's? Um, because I noticed um, when I was traveling around Italy, researching actually for another book, um, mm. which never happened, that... Ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, these skills were dying out, you know, that so there was only women over the age of around 60 that were still making pasta on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, Ooh, someone needs to make a record of this. Um, mm. it, it was interesting for me because it's like, you know, everybody in Italy says, oh, you know, my grandmother's cooking is the best. Um, yeah. But, you know, in 20 years time, what granny is going to be cooking is, is going to be very different. Um, yeah. And so... I started by thinking, oh, well, maybe I can, you know, just write about it. Maybe I can just take the odd photo. But mm. um, pasta making is such a, a physical process that I think I thought it was more interesting to um, um, do a video. Of yeah. It. And um, people and want to see how yes, it's made. It's yes. mesmerizing in a way, isn't it? Is it is mesmerizing. It's like watching, you know, you're washing. Your, yeah. It's spin. Watching, <laughs> spin. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's very zen. Um, and... I, you know, that was sort of over five years ago now, and I just yeah. started um, you know, doing it occasionally and then realizing that I was going to have to do it regularly to get an mm. audience. Yeah. And, you know, you so I find myself sort of learning all about YouTube, which I knew yeah. nothing at all about, um, and, you know, social media and, you know, sort yeah. of like a sort of crash course in in how, uh, to use. how to use all these things. Yeah. I think it's quite nice because YouTube is such a – you would never think of going to YouTube to watch no. – nonnas make pasta no. and it's such a niche which I think yes. is the great thing yes. and it's make it's such a positive thing to have on the internet isn't it very much so yeah. yes I mean I, that's not why I you know a wholesome thing people no. use the word wholesome about pasta grannies I mean and it um I don't that's not that wasn't the motivation mm. uh, that wasn't what I was thinking of it's just how it turned out because I'm quite strict about how uh, the grannies are portrayed and yeah. I wanted only in a positive light mm. and, and things like that so because then nobody asked to be on it I mean everyone's you know they're persuaded by their family or yeah um, friends of friends or something <laughs> like that to, to be on it so I want it to be a positive experience yeah um, for them um, and yeah so it sort of started slowly and then you know two years ago I had 5,000 people watching people like pasta people like pasta and then and then it went viral and now i have you know over four hundred thousand subscribers and it's amazing still playing, so, yeah um everybody loves their grandmothers yeah that's um, the take-home message yes, that's right yeah you know they like pasta but they love grannies yeah um, and so we've actually just done a class with uh nonna maria who's oh, yeah. one of the nonnas yeah. um like you say, no one volunteers to be on this channel. No. So how do you find these women 
to take yes. part. Yes, well, in, in the case of Nonna Maria, um, she is actually, um, I have a granny finder. Amazing. <laughs> she's, um, and she's called Livia de Giovanni. And she's actually a friend of the daughter of uh, Maria. And right. We come from the same town. So that's kind of classic how we find our grannies is through friends of friends. Nice. Um, and when we go to different regions, uh, you know, maybe they still through university have friends of friends in different regions. But um, yeah. if we don't have friends, uh, we then sort of contact things uh, that, little promotional organizations called Pro Loco in, in Italy. And okay. they sometimes help. And they're mm. very keen to do that. Um, you know, the organizers of food festivals. Yeah. So we kind of put our, put our feelers out that way. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'd say we have a lot of people who say no. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. are, they, are they up for doing it? Or are they a bit like, no, why do you want to watch we, us make pastas? <laughs> sort of ended up in someone's kitchen and they've changed their minds and, and we've we kind of thrown our hands up in the air and we're like okay then it's up to them isn't it <laughs> they're the yeah so, yeah so they they are kind of self-selecting and that they are you know usually cheery um positive people who are happy to let strangers into their homes yeah yeah <laughs> um you know who then kind of move you know their table and they open all the windows yeah. and go, oh, we need more light you know, so um, and i guess yeah. it is very much um you're not in a clinical kitchen. You're not in a restaurant kitchen. No, it's a home. You're, it's a home. We, and we, that, yeah. is, that is our criteria. Is mm. Well, you know, these, these rules are made to be broken, but yeah. mostly they're over 65. Um, it has to be um, in their own kitchens, home cooks rather than um, chefs. Yes. Um, so uh, Amazing. Yeah. And so uh, you must have met hundreds of nonnas yes, in your time yes. now um and each nonna has a different recipe and they're all doing things differently aren't they they've all got their own pasta day recipe they've only got their own sauce preference um can you talk us a bit about how and why they differ between each nonna the recipes yeah, so and... in the book i sort of explain that there are two main types of okay. pasta dough that you use so generally speaking this is broad brush um you get um egg pasta doughs made with soft wheat flour called zero zero because it's very finely ground um and that's from the north and then from the south you have uh durum wheat flour they call semola remaginata right um semolina flour that is used only with water you don't need the egg for body it's already okay sort of Strength, strength to um, yeah gluten and another, slightly different structure mm. we won't get into the science of it <laughs> um <clears throat> so so those are the two broad types there are variations in that of course but right. generally it's one egg for 100 grams of flour okay and it's around 55 percent hydration with water for your semolina flour right yeah. and the different because i know in each region of italy there's different 45, 45, 45, 45 cool. 45. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So in each region, it's very, there's ragu, which is typical to one region, Bologna. There's different ones, aren't yeah. there? Mm. Are they are they adhered to those rules or do the nonnas kind of throw those out the window and do their own thing? Yeah, I mean, you do get some sort of like in Bologna, you know, the bolognese sauce, mm. the ragu does have an official recipe registered okay. with the Chamber of Commerce. <clears throat> And no one takes any notice. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so everybody has their own version. I mean, it's broadly yeah. speaking, but, you know, it's only sort of minor variations. They're not saying we use chicken rather than veal or something like that. But yeah. 
Um, so, you know, we don't say this is the definitive recipe for tagliatelle ragu. It's like this is Arda's recipe for tagliatelle ragu. Nice. Hers will be slightly different. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so what, um, can you think back to all your years you've been doing this? Yeah. Uh, is there one particular meal that you've had with a nonna that's really kind of stuck with you? Yeah, such a difficult one. Um, I love all the ones that turn into parties. Okay. Um, yeah, so, so you kind of end up with the entire family coming around or half the village is there anyway, and then a bottle of wine is put on the table and nice. suddenly there's a party. Yeah. And that's great. Um, really that is so welcoming as well. Yes, that's right. Amazing. Um, and... How do the nonna's cooking differ to the pasta dishes you might find in London or the UK? Are there some key differences? Yes, I think it's inevitable. Um, the ingredients don't seem to travel. Um, okay. you know, it's, it's like cooks respond to the ingredients they can, they can get hold of. Mm. And, and so immediately, because you're dealing with British ingredients most of the time, yeah. it changes your cooking. Yeah, um, and that's so. It's not you. You can't say it's worse than. You can yeah. just say that it's inevitably different. Um, and I think people become um, sort of better off. Often they move for a different life, and they, mm. they've worked hard, and they've sort of improved themselves and, and economically. And it's um, some of the skills because then they have choice. They can go out to the supermarket and buy things mm. and that kind of thing rather than having to make it at home. Yeah, means that some of the sort of old-fashioned skills drop away. Mm. Um, so that's inevitable. I think that kind of change is inevitable. Yeah, um, you know, I was in uh, New York for Christmas mm. uh, last year. And I hadn't appreciated how different ricotta is in America to okay. Italy. Italy, it's kind of dense and slightly dry. Yeah. And it's a chalky feel to it. And they whip it up. And they kind of, it's kind of like a sort of... A mousse sort of, almost. A mousse almost. Oh. It's like, wow. I mean, I wonder if any recipe works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're using this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you're going to say, oh. you know, get it from a deli that is like yeah. Yeah, and that's a lot like we were saying, we were talking about the differences earlier on in um, why some regions used egg in the pasta and why some yes. didn't. And it's all to do with the wealth, really. And if they didn't have eggs, they'd be, if they had eggs, exactly. they'd be selling them exactly. instead of using them in the pasta. And so it is very much some Italian dishes almost looks like you're going back to basics, but they're the best ones a lot of the time, yes. aren't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I think there's often sort of lots of myths around it as well. So a lot of what we call cucina povera is actually cucina rustica. Okay. So so actually a lot of these dishes are, you know, celebratory and not because you're terribly poor. It's just because you're pushing, pushing the boat out and you're kind of using what you've got and making sure you don't waste it. I mean, yeah. The key thing about Italian cooking is that it's frugal. Mm. That, um, your chicken is great to begin with, but you use it, you use every part of it. Yeah. I mean, we keep hearing about that but the, the Italians do actually act on that yeah um, it's so not it's not a trend for them is it no, it's a way of life yeah. yeah and so um yeah Nonna Maria today we were yes. cooking with she's been cooking, she's been making pasta since she was five is that right yes she worked on a farm her family she's one of I think about 15 family members all living wow. in the same building um and so she would have to 
help her mum seems to have had a permanent headache and sort of really I think she's had four kids and thought they could do yeah. the work. <laughs> Amazing. And, uh, so she would sort of get up and have to kind of help with the cows and, and get the sort of lunch on the go before going off to school. Wow. So yeah. So she has been making pasta all her life. 80 years. 80 years. Yeah. So she's got every, so stuff that we were learning was just second nature and she probably yes. thought our questions were ridiculous. Yes. But it's like you were saying, the the board that we were using today isn't the board that she's been using. So it didn't, it didn't have enough flour ingrained on it basically. Yes. Isn't that's the case? Sheen. Yeah. So, so the boards she uses, I mean, it's, it's like an, an heirloom and it's only used for pasta. It's not used for pastry. Okay. Or anything like that because you don't want any oils you don't want any onion you don't want mm. anything else that's gone on that board except pasta right. and so you just kind of scrape it off and then maybe a quick wipe down but you don't yeah. wash it and it ends up with wow. this lovely sheen and you see uh, that when she's at home she doesn't use extra flour you don't need it it's, yeah. it's just looks beautiful stick around to hear more from the pasta grannies Are there any other pieces of equipment like that um, that all the nonnas use or that, like we were talking about the rolling pins, they have different sizes for yes. how big the pasta you want, which is incredible. Yes, yes, you are limited um, by the size of your rolling pin. So actually mm. rolling pins in the southern Italy, because they never roll it out in the same way, ah. never have to be as big. Why do they not roll it out? It's just, just a different, it's a different technique. technique. Ah. So you can't roll out um, uh, semolina-based flour as thinly as you can right. the, the zero-zero flour. Okay. And also, their their pasta boards then end up as different because you're making mm. a lot of these little shapes like cavatelli with yes. your pasta instead. And you don't want them rolling everywhere, so they end up with a little rim around the ah. outside. So you can't have a rolling pin that's any bigger than the... The ball. The ball. Yeah. So it wouldn't fit in. So Amazing. you have all those things. It's just yeah. actually, I don't think anyone sat down and designed it that way. It's just the way it's, it's the way it's evolved. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um and so what is there a pasta dish that you've eaten over these years that stays with you? Or is there one that you that you love the most, would you say? Yeah, people always ask me that and I think it's always like naming your favourite child. <laughs> I mean I really like um, I like, for example, the Guria had these, uh, you know, the pestos mm. and the herbs they use in a way, which I found very interesting. And we're going to have to go back to Liguria because apparently trophia, this little sort of spindle shape. Oh, oh yes. Come in different yeah. sizes. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so we'll have to get a film those. Um, so Rosetta has made, made that. That's in the book as well. Okay. Um, and I love all the ones from Sardinia because they're all so elaborate and kind of obscure. Mm. And, and um, uh, you know, how do you make Cuba Jones? I mean, it's completely impossible. This crease that you have. Yeah. To um, okay. And uh, yeah. So can you? It's not completely impossible. You just have to practice. The, yeah. yeah. So you've yeah. touched on a few different ones there. Can you talk us through different, like the different pastas you'll find in different regions of Italy? So if we start in the north, you'll find that there isn't much in the way. There are pastas, but there's also things like polenta and um, uh, risottos, some of the rice okay. dishes, like sort of a broad brush over there. And really the sort of egg pasta central is along the Po Valley. Right. And sort of all points off it, you know, it's, it's like where you'll find all these raviolis and tortellis and the tagliatelle and, and things yeah. like that. 
and then kind of like there's all these mountains in a way. So over in Liguria, once you've gone over another set of mountains, you've got all these different types of pastas with pestos and, and things. So you have to look at the geography of, of Italy. And in the center, you know, it's it's sort of more tagliatelle and ravioli, and then right. you get more interesting shapes like the cavatelli and mm. orecchietti and, and that's then um, further south. And what you also get there are these um, ones made with uh, little iron bars or straws. Oh. Okay. Straws of corn or other kind of grasses right. originally. And, and that's what the alfero, which means it, uh, with iron. Okay. And, and you kind of roll past around those little sticks. Uh, to create, create the shape. The homemade macaroni. Uh, oh, amazing. Yeah, so they're good fun. Right. So it's... Yeah, so those kind of like chubby shapes and long, like hollow shapes. Yeah. South, and then your sort of raviolis and your like more elegant tortellis and things. Yeah. Like that. Okay. Everybody makes kind of tagliatelle variations um, along the way. Along the way. Yeah. So you'll, you'll get sort of, of course, then sort of variations of mm. sauces and stuff. Beans are popular. Beans. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's sort of, uh, and there's an everyday yeah. um, dish. Every region has their own version of pasta and beans. Okay. Yeah. It's kind uh, of cottage. Yeah. And delicious. Absolutely oh. delicious. And we were talking also about gnocchi earlier on. Yes. And actually how gnocchi is kind of the original pasta, isn't yes, it, in a yes. way? It's, sort of, it's been around for centuries. Um and everybody, I mean, you know, across Italy at lunchtime, so there, you know, when all else fails, mm. you know, none of a whip up <laughs> a batch of gnocchi. <laughs> yes. And that is, um, that's potato based. Yes, yeah. Potato. And um, we were saying how we, we've had some issues making it here. And I guess it is because of the ingredients. In Italy, you've got the right potatoes with the right amount of water in, haven't you, to make yes. good gnocchi? Yeah, they are a seasonal thing. It does depend on your potato. Okay. Um, and so I think. It's not traditional, but if you want to make sure you have a nice dry, fluffy, dense potato, bake them. Just right. Them okay. Not as usually boil their potatoes and make it right anyway. Uh, the yeah, they've done it for 18, 80 years. They know what they're doing. We were saying, how old is the oldest nonna in your book? You've uh, Leticia is 100 years old. Wow. Yeah. That is so amazing. And still writing poetry and still kind of painting and is a textbook example of how you should be living your later years yeah amazing um what would you say you need to make the perfect bowl of pasta very little you just need flour and it depends on your flour but if it's uh, you know grano tenero then you just need eggs mm. and you know it's just rather nice with butter and cheese actually if yeah parmigiano um, you know, Maria was saying she goes through a kilo of Parmigiano a week. Amazing. I <laughs> love that. There's just two of them. I mean, yeah. Just two of them half the village. Yeah, they all come at dinner time. But, um, and do the nonnas in Italy tend to add any flavorings to the pasta at all? Or is it kept very simple? No, that, it is the sort of blank canvas that mm. you add um, your condimento. Um, yeah. Too. So, I mean, all these things of adding, you know, basil or different yeah. colors, that's all a modern thing. Yeah. yeah. And whole wheat. I mean, the exception of spinach, of course. And, I mean, okay. And, and nettles at certain times of year when they right. get the green pasta. And that's just yeah. stuff that they have around. Yeah, so exactly. it makes sense so, too. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. And finally, what do you think people can learn from a nonna's cooking? I think 
the main takeaway is this idea of frugality. It's not that you're mean with your ingredients, but you just make sure you make the most of what you have. Mm. And, and so um, they all have their own vegetable gardens or at least a little window uh, of uh, pots full of herbs. Mm. Um, and if they're going to, you know, roast a chicken, then, then it's, it's made to last about sort of three or four different meals. Mm. Um, so nothing is thrown away. So, you know, your pasta, if there's little bits of leftovers, they get put into soup all that kind of thing. It's, it's about using up everything, yeah. making the most of it. Yeah. Which is a good good lesson to be living by at the moment, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you, Vicky. And as well as the YouTube channel, which you can find, it's Pasta Grannies. Yes. Also got a lo- beautiful book that's coming yes. out. Is it the 19th of October? Uh, 17th. 17th of October. Yeah. And it's basically uh, nonnas that you've met along the way and their recipes, how to make these yes. delicious and recipes stories. yourself yes, at home and stories, and stories of yeah. the nonnas. So yeah, you can buy that on the 17th of October. Thank you. Thank you. That was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. Bye for now, and we'll be back next week with more food and drink charts.